You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe on this lovely Tuesday morning. What up, Jake? Well, I just spent the last couple minutes watching a video of Kim Mulkey being asked to, or asking her security guards to handcuff her so she knew what it felt like after they won. Very <laughs> weird morning. For That's me. how you want to spend. That's your how morning. I started my morning. Mulkey and handcuffs. Mulkey uh, got handcuffed and then. Yeah, it, it was very strange. Uh, all right. Yeah, that's one way to celebrate a win, I guess. It was a big win too. Yeah, it was. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. It's the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline slash text line. Go to stuartshelby.com for a free quote. Plenty to discuss. This is an extremely busy week, and uh, where would you like to start with, Jake? Oh, brother. Uh, you want to start with some honors? Sure. A lot to discuss in terms of uh, some postseason honors for a number of our area colleges. I think you have to start probably with uh, over at ULM. And you'll hear from a couple of these players and Keith Richard later in the show. And, of course, we'll go more in-depth with Coach Richard tomorrow as they get ready for uh, their big game versus Arkansas State on Wednesday. But how about the fact uh, Michael Ertle named uh, Freshman of the Year? That is the first time that has happened for a Warhawks player since they joined the Sun Belt Conference. Wow. Yeah. Very impressive. Very impressive. And, of course, uh, his teammates, Travis Munnings and Sam McDaniel, were named all Sun Belt for their performances this year. Mm. Uh, yes, uh, Travis Munnings, uh, second team, Sam McDaniel, third team for a team that's projected basically to finish last or close to last yep. in this conference. Uh, nice honors for him, and it only uh, bodes well for the future, especially when you look at uh, – Ertl being a freshman and Munnings being a junior, both of them coming back. Of course, both of them still have plans to do some big things yet this year, make a run deep into this postseason tournament. On uh, Louisiana Tech's side, you got uh, Jacoby Boykins uh, named uh, the second team, and then Anthony DeRucci named to the all-conference freshman team. Boykins may have been third team. I'll have to double-check that. But he did receive some sort of postseason honors from the conference. Yeah, so it's good seeing these, these players be honored. Uh, Grambling, uh, Dante Jackson named the coach of the year in the SWAC, which you would anticipate. Hopefully, For yeah. a guy that led them to their first championship in 30 years. Tremaine Thomas named second team, and uh, sophomore Ivy Smith was selected first team all SWAC. First winning season since 2005-2006 as they end up the season and their year at 17-14. and 14. SWAC play does start, but they will not be a part of it with the NCAA sanctions against them. Or against, that's probably not correct, against, against previous coaching staffs and previous players. So kind of a bum deal for them. Very, very unfortunate deal because, like you said, this could have been, like I said yesterday, this could have been the first team that you saw uh, go to the big dance since you've been here the last 18 years. Lady Textures of Get Ready for Postseason Play, Kerry Anthony and Alexis Malone were also honored by the conference. And then, of course, uh, the Grambling Lady Tigers, they get ready for the SWAT quarterfinals. In fact, uh, they're going to be playing tonight at home, uh, 6.30 in Hobby Center versus uh, Elkhorn State. You look at this matchup, uh, Gremlin head coach Freddie Murray, since he joined the Lady Tigers and took over that program 
four and zero all time. So you have to like their chances at home, taking care of business and marching on. Shaquille Hill, uh, first team All SWAC selection for Grambling. A lot of honors there. Lots of honors. I think you, you got them all though. You look at the this week's schedule, and it's hard to juggle now with high school, college, and uh, then you throw in uh, college baseball. All the things taking place, but uh, it looks something like this if we are correct. You got late, uh, Lane Tigers playing tonight. Grambling on Wednesday, you have ULM versus Arkansas State down in New Orleans at 7:30. Over in Frisco, you have the Tech men squaring off against North Texas at 8:30. Then on Thursday, Lady Texters will take on the winner of Charlotte and North Texas. I believe that is an afternoon tip somewhere around two o'clock. And then also that night, LSU versus Mississippi State. Did I get that right? You got that mostly right. Okay. Yes. What do you mean mostly? Because I think I feel like that tip was noon, but maybe I'm thinking there are so many games I looked at. There might I might be mixed up. High school basketball uh, state championships continue to roll on down in Lake Charles. They are off and running, and uh, for North Louisiana, a nice start yesterday. A nice start, yeah. Uh, Summerfield victorious and moving on. Uh, they were victorious, fifty-nine to forty yesterday. Big win for them. They'll not play for a state championship. Yes, I had it in front of me, but uh, somehow it got erased. You, you look at, of course, uh, what's going to take place uh, later today for North Louisiana. Tensaw will be squaring off against White Castle. We have a potential matchup for Northeast Louisiana. If Tensaw can take care of business versus White Castle, and if Delhi can take care of North Central, that is two big ifs. They could collide for a state championship later in the week. 11.30, 1.15 today, and then uh, tomorrow – Two big games of interest, one being Simsboro going after their first state championship since the 70s. They will tip off at 445. Wasman versus Madison Prep. This should be fun. Yeah, yeah, that should be a lot of fun. That one's slated to go at 615. And then on Thursday, you have Ravel versus Red River and also Washita versus Landry Walker. Yes. And if Tinsaw and Delhi win, they will play Friday at 2 p.m. You look, of course, at what takes place in college baseball, and this is a, a big week, and it all gets underway tonight. You got a first of all a grudge game, Tech versus uh, Grambling, on the diamond. Yeah, Grambling coming off of a series win against Prairie View A and M, so they got to be feeling good about themselves. You know, Tech's feeling good after what they did in Frisco, so this should be a lot of fun. You look at Tech, and of course, uh, Matt Miller, a well-deserved honor. What he did against the Yankees on Friday, going seven innings, only gives up one earned run, gives up uh, five hits to that powerful Yankee squad. The country, and obviously Conference USA, took notice. He was the pitcher of the week in Conference USA. The no-brainer of the week. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we mentioned tonight, and then, of course, uh, the big one tomorrow, uh, Louisiana Tech will be making the short trip over to square off against ULM. At Warhawk Field, I had an opportunity to visit with uh, Coach Federico yesterday, just on ULM's uh, nine and two start. What that means, they continue to try to develop or reestablish this uh, winning culture over there. Uh, how big of a midweek game will it be for them? An opportunity to get fans out. They're his mentality. We've heard different coaches in their mentality. Greg Goff, when he was trying to establish uh, Louisiana Tech. You saw him throw out weekend starters sometimes midweek to try to pick up a victory. Mm. Federico says he will not go with that yeah. mentality. Yeah. Um, Aaron, have they won three-fourths of their games that they of last year? Yeah. Good good math there. Yeah. Are we, are we going to keep bringing this up? Sure. Until, Until they, they get to 12? 12 wins. Okay, good deal. Yes. 
Uh, you'll hear a little clip from uh, Federico coming up later in the show. Uh, two big games for uh, LSU baseball this week, uh, tonight versus Southern, and then tomorrow. Hey, look, they're leaving the box again. <laughs> Going to play ULL, which has a lot of intrigue. I mean, two really good teams squaring off there. Um, but, yeah, going over to play at ULL, you know those people are going to be hungry for a win against LSU. I saw a quote or listened to a quote from Paul Maneri just says, you know, we try to do this to benefit other programs in the state. They come down and visit us. So once every four years or so, we repay the favor and we make a trip to their place. And ULL, we'd been there recently, but we uh, felt like with the new stadium that they had, we wanted to help them out a little bit. That's my pulmonary impression. That was awful, by the way. Uh, you needed a lot. Is it awful what he said or the way I the impersonation? You needed a lot higher pitch, yeah. first of all. Uh, We're just trying to help out the little, uh, the little brother. Guy. How about the little guy? Yeah, the little brother in state. Yeah. How about you make a trip to ULM, Grambling, or uh, Louisiana that's Tech? That's too far, Aaron. That's just too far. <laughs> we don't want to help him out that much. No, that's that's too north. We want to help out the South. Yes. Louisiana. South Louisiana, too. We don't need any more fans in North Louisiana. <laughs> so, big uh, week and big night of uh, college baseball. Other headlines that caught your attention. Uh, Jake, I watched a little bit of the combine yesterday. Yeah, good yeah. for you. <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted to pat on the back or no. what. Uh, you know, safeties were very fast. Defensive backs look good. Hot take. Yeah. Defensive yeah. backs are quick. Yeah. Dante Jackson, uh, 4-3-2, former LSU standout. What that means, I have no idea. Uh, Actually, it's kind of a disappointment. I know. He was going after the record, correct? He was. He was going after John Ross's record. 4-2-2 or something crazy. Not even close. Not even close. Uh, So he was disappointed with that. I think he's going to try again at LSU's Pro Day and still try to beat it. But, uh, you know, that that was not what he wanted, a 4-3-2. Uh, other NFL news and notes, what do you make of uh, Le'Veon Bell? And, of course, now it looks like they're going to slap the franchise tag on him. For the second year in a row. It looks like uh, – now, didn't Le'Veon Bell say he was going to retire if, if they threw the tag on him? Uh-huh. This is why you shouldn't say things because uh-huh. they're going to come back to the hunt. You paint yourself in a corner here. Either you got to live up to your word and retire, which you won't do, or you're going to have to suck it up and just play for Pittsburgh under the franchise tag. Uh-huh. Is he worth it? I think, what, five years in the league. Uh, is he worth a big deal or what? That kind of money and the headaches that come with Bell. Production-wise on the field. I must say, production-wise, there's no question. Uh, there's no question. He's been one of the best backs for, for a while. Um, and, he, and he's versatile. That's what's so great about him. You can use him in so many ways. Um, I, think he's, I think he's worth uh, – a big contract, but you can't. If you're Le'Veon Bell, you can't sit here and compare yourself to other positions. All right, let's start there. Uh, of course, he's part of the Killer Bees, alongside uh, Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. Their long-term contracts combined to pay about thirty-seven million per year. That's combined, obviously. Yeah. Uh, his quote was, "Both of those guys got what they deserved. I feel like I'm next in line." Yeah. See. If you go comparing yourself to a quarterback and you're a running back, you've already lost that battle because running backs just it, it, there's no equation. I mean, the, the values are so are so indifferent. I mean, you can't you can't even begin to to base your argument there. So he's already lost that argument. Now, if you want to look around the league and try to predict what Leonard Fournette's going to eventually get and say, hey, I'm you know I'm what Leonard Fournette's trying to be, you know. I'm already a superstar running back, and he had one year at this, and 
he's already getting a lot of love. If you want to do something like that, then sure, you know, uh, try try to base your argument off of there. But I mean, he did turn down, I think it was forty three million dollars over three years. He did turn that down when a lot of people close to him told him to sign it. So I, I'm not sure what he what he thinks he's worth because running backs just aren't getting paid like quarterbacks. I'm sorry. Well, at the age of 26, and he knows how long the sure. shelf life is in the NFL for a running back. He's already got five years under his belt. Certainly could see why he'd want to capitalize now. I mean, I see why. I just don't think he's going to win this. You know what I mean? I, I, I just think when, when it comes to value at a position, running back is at the bottom. I'm sorry. It just is because of that shelf life, because of how, how hard it is to maintain that production and sustain it over several years. I mean, you're lucky if you can sustain it for five years. You know, you've already beaten the average if you've done that. Uh, free agency does creep uh, closer. In fact, it's right around the corner when it opens up on March 14th. Why is that important? Obviously, with the Drew Brees situation, everybody said, well, it's a foregone conclusion. This deal will be worked out before March 14th, but the clock continues to tick on the Saints and Drew Brees. What is up with that? I don't know. They always wait right to I, the I end. know. Why do they do that? I don't know. You would think his value would go up more when free agency starts, and this is this is a different case because Drew Brees has continuously said how you know he, he wants to be a New Orleans Saint and – and everything else, but once you get closer to the free agency, I just feel like his value continues to increase, right. and you're going to end up paying more. Well, maybe more. that's Drew Brees. That's Drew Brees and his peeps. Uh, we dragged this thing out right till the deadline. It's very strange. Yeah, it is very strange. Uh, with that free agency, there's a lot of talk now that perhaps uh, Jimmy Graham could rejoin the Saints. <laughs> they are certainly uh, in the market for a tight end. Uh, Fleener has not been that. Uh, big threat that they anticipated him to be. You got Josh Hill, of course, and then uh, well, Graham is 31 now, but he, the way he parted ways with the franchise with the trade. Well, but they and, – and they've – Graham has since said that there are no hard feelings about that. And, you know, he – of course, his time in, in Seattle was not – anything close to what it was like in, in New Orleans. His touchdown output uh, for the three years, two, six, and ten. Ugh. Yeah, not even close. I mean, he was he was an amazing tight end for for yeah. the Saints. I mean, he was so good. You remember the debate was who's the best tight end, Gronk or, or Jimmy? And you know that sense has gone away very very quickly. Yeah. But I, I think you know this is something that's been talked about for a while. Uh, I'm kind of sick of hearing about it actually. Yeah. And I think it's the only reason why it's newsworthy is him saying no hard feelings, and it seems like he wants to go back to New Orleans. It seems like he he wants to, and I think I think New Orleans would welcome him in with how the tight ends have produced without him. I did see a tweet. Uh, there was a story about this, and Mark Ingram tweeted out, "This won't go over well with the guys." Read into it what you want. Hmm. Uh, best two years with the Saints, 2011, just incredible year, and 99 receptions, 11 touchdowns, 2013. Uh, Jimmy Graham had 86 receptions for a whopping 16 touchdowns. Yeah, amazing. Uh, I don't know if it matters or not. It's just one of those numbers. But uh, the NFL salary cap has been set. Reports say it's at 177 million point two. Just to put that in perspective, uh, last year's cap was 168. So with the projected cap, the Saints would have about 30.7 million dollars free, depending on Drew Brees, of course. Uh, yeah, that's the big one. 
Uh, there are a few headlines on this uh, Tuesday morning. If we missed one or two, hit us up, 888-993-7762 or stuartshelby.com for a free quote. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Patriots. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? <laughs> the starting lineup. There's no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. Gus Cattengill will join us for his weekly visit at 8 o'clock. I'm sure he'll have a lot to say about the Saints. Eric Conkle, Louisiana Tech, continues to get ready for postseason play. Duncan Dogs looking to try to snap a four-game losing streak as they jump into the Conference USA Tournament. He will join us at 8.30. James Cooper, who from Grambling, will join us as they get ready to take their cuts at the Diamond Dogs. we got a number of uh, clips to play from you. A couple from uh, Michael Federico as uh, they are off to their best start since 2000, plus a couple uh, Warhawks with their postseason honors. Also, a pretty cool story unfolding over at Mississippi State tonight and involves a former local player. Yes, indeed. You got a really good interview. Uh, Cole Marsh, you may remember him, uh, played at Neville. We kind of lost touch with him for a little bit as he uh, went to the JUCO ranks in Mississippi. He signed with Mississippi State, and now this will actually be Mississippi State's home opener as renovations continue on their new stadium the Cole Marsh story there's a lot more to it than just some pitcher making his first start for an SEC program it goes a lot deeper we'll get into that after the break the morning drive is back after this The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream, live to drive. The 2018 Conference USA Basketball Championship will take place March 7th through the 10th at Ford Center at the Star in Frisco, Texas. Your Duncan Dogs and Lady Texters teams look to compete for a conference championship and continue their postseason play. Join the Louisiana Tech family as Tech takes over Frisco, Texas, presented by Peary. You can purchase tickets by contacting the ticket office at 318-257-3631 to guarantee seating with all Tech fans. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to The Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. All right, Jake, before we get to these texts, uh, what did we miss? A uh, little baseball last night, little high school baseball. Uh, Washita defeated Neville 2-1. to one. Jake Hammond for Washita pitched another gym. Uh, he had 11 strikeouts and only allowed three hits in that game. Connor Wiley was good on the... On the other side for Neville, too, he, he had 11 strikeouts in the loss. But, uh, yeah, Washita squeaked out the 
the game last night against Neville, which is what they needed. They, they got off to a bit of a slow start this year. Uh, I know you made a number of uh, calls uh, yesterday around the area coaches. Was there one or two talking points that stood out the most to you? Uh, I guess in total, I, I really <clears throat> enjoyed my conversation with Wade Simino because he, he talked about it's the second week in a row. You've enjoyed that conversation. He t- yeah, he's been, he's been on fire, uh, at the start of the season. He was taking a uh, barbs at barb. He was uh, he took, two weeks ago. He took barbs at barb. Uh, he, he did not like the way they were contesting every single call, uh, uh down in sulfur. Um, and then, uh, yesterday he was honest. They went three and one in the Trialtic tournament. Uh-huh. But you would have thought they lost every game. He said it's like Christmas playing us. He said we're booting balls, we're <laughs> we're doing all kind of. So he he said we knew it would be ugly before it got better. And I uh, said he's seeing a whole lot of ugly right now. But they went three and one. They didn't even have Chase Dejon. So uh, things are better than than you know he's he's portraying. But uh, they're still trying to get back to championship level form. And then OCS talked with John Parker. Man, they are on fire. Off to a great start this year. What's surprising is, you know, they lost Jonathan Snuggs. He transferred to West Monroe. He was one of their big-time pitchers last year. And without him, they found production through a lot of different kids. Bryce Wallace, for instance, who we rarely saw on the mound, he pitched six innings this past weekend and, and got them a win. So OCS has got things rolling right now. And then, of course, uh, St. Frederick in a, a kind of a stunning upset yes. against uh, Neville. Yeah, uh, in the Trialtic tournament, they won that game 8-4, to four, Weston Swanner. Uh, pitched, I believe, five and, and a third innings, and Jet Polk came in in relief. But uh, Weston Swanner pitched Jim uh, for them to get that big upset win against Neville. All right, it's not often that we talk about a, a matchup between Mississippi State and New Mexico State, and why would we? Why would we care about a midweek game between these two teams? Well, it's the home opener for uh, Mississippi State tonight as the renovations continue on that $55 million renovation on their uh, stadium. It's not expected to be completed till next year. So that's why I believe they're only playing like 23 home games this year. The big news, though, is being a former Neville pitcher, Cole Marsh, will make the start tonight for Mississippi State. If that name doesn't sound familiar, he went by the name of uh, Cole Tracy when he was a, a junior in high school. And, uh, of course, this made national headlines. He went into cardiac arrest on the practice field, on the football field. Uh, Jeff Gregory, one of the assistants there over at Neville, literally brings him back to life on the field. Mm. Uh, Cole ended up coming back and eventually, uh, you know, was a part of the football team the next year. And, of course, on the baseball diamond, really started to come into his own after he graduated from Neville, went to the JUCO ranks. uh, Some velocity was added to his fastball really blew up in the JUCO ranks. And next thing you know, he's getting all sorts of offers, including one from Mississippi State. So just to put that in perspective, he goes into cardiac arrest, and the date was September 10th, 2014. And tonight he makes his first start in basically SEC baseball as he gets to start for Mississippi State. Yeah, that's, uh, that's amazing. That's, that's a, what a great story. Um, it's about you know perseverance and Golly, what a scary, scary incident! I, I remember this story. This was, this was a story that uh, struck the fear in everybody. I mean, this this guy had cardiac arrest mm-hmm. and, and was revived and was able to, you know, go on and do big things. And I can't wait to see what he does tonight, for Mississippi State. Uh, back in July, he was of course in town over the summer uh, working. I had an opportunity to catch up with him. We'll just play a portion of this. Just the journey that he has had from that day in 2014 to where he is now. You know, a lot of kids get shut down in this town because of, uh, you know, you just grow up and 
it's a lot of negativity, I guess. But uh, we mostly what I want for these kids to realize that, you know, I want them to play hard every game. And, you know, it, it's kind of weird because I've always heard that, you know, it was like, oh, the game's going to leave you faster than you think, and, you know, you need to play as hard as you can. And it was like once that day happened to me, it just kind of changed my way of playing the game. I guess it's got to make you appreciate not only the game, but when you're sitting out here with your brother and just playing catch with him. Yes, sir. Uh, looks like your physique, you've changed a little bit in terms of what it takes for that, correct? Yes, sir. At, at Delta, I mean, we worked hard. Uh, it, no doubt, you know, that's all we had there was baseball in school. And it was weight room almost every day we were there. It was just surrounding my, I mean, that school and those teammates I had, I mean, they all wanted to work hard and, you know, just like at Neville. It was just great. I got to keep working and I just needed that year to work in the weight room and have that off year. Do you still keep a reminder, because I know when you played football, you had a reminder of what took place with you on the practice field. Do you still have that? Yes, sir. I mean, I, I wake up and look at this tattoo every it? morning. The it's the date that I died and my miracle day is what I tell everybody. It's the miracle day. They changed my life. Uh, first SEC game, or your first uh, college appearance at Mississippi State, what do you think that's going to mean to you? You know, I think it's going to be great because I know all my friends and family are going to be wanting to watch me on TV every game because, you know, they didn't get to watch. They heard all crazy things this year and they wanted to watch me. And, you know, it's kind of out of the way out there in Moorhead. And I'm glad that now everybody that's wanting to keep up with me is going to be able to. Mm. Pitches tonight versus New Mexico State. How do you follow up that answer when a kid tells <laughs> <I was> you? Just... <laughs> it was the day I died. Yeah. Uh, miracle day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you answer that. Um, he's he's so like I guess he's talked about it so much that it, it it's fine to talk about for him. And man, I don't know. It, the like, follow up question is a little tough there. It's just what do you say? Yeah, I'm speechless right now even thinking <laughs> about it. But yeah, that's a really cool story, man. Good luck tonight, uh, Cole Marsh pitching against a New Mexico State home opener for the Bulldogs. Let's take a timeout. Oh, let's go through a couple of these texts real quick. Yeah. Certainly don't want to ignore them. Yeah, you you promised yeah. we would. Larry says there is no need to spend a lot on Jimmy Graham. The Saints are finally out of the rut they were in the last two to three years. Graham was good for the Saints, but has the diva mindset? Has the diva mindset changed? He asked. Maybe he's matured a little bit, oh, and so maybe he's just been humble. Maybe he's more. gotten tougher. Oh this, ooh, wow! <laughs> not a Jimmy Graham fan over there. Uh, I, not the biggest. This year's draft is very tight and heavy. Spend that money on a younger player. I'm with Larry. Like if 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 his price tag is the same, then no, yeah. his value has dropped. Yeah. So maybe the, the the thinking here is that the Saints can get him for a lot cheaper. Hmm. Also said, or go out and get a future quarterback to replace Drew Brees. Yeah. Um, Quint says my mind was blown this morning when I discovered that Pete Carroll is the oldest active coach in the NFL. He ages well. That is crazy, though, to think about it. It feels like he still just got there. I think he just looks younger than he actually is. I don't know. I get the uh, IT. He's a great gray fox is what they they used to call him. Uh, Sherman says, after that statement talking about pulmonary, as much as I dislike ULL, I hope they stomp LSU. Pete Carroll's 66. Wow, man. What did you think he was? I, I, uh, here goes the millennial talking smack against, against older no, people. No, I thought he was 50s. Uh, I mean, I understand he's been around a long time. 
Uh, but he, he does. He looks great for his age. You got to give it to him, man. Any other text, sir? Uh, Richie says, no Alden Smith talk, a jobless idiot. LOL. <laughs> Let's take a time out. Keep the text coming. 888-993-7762. It's the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline slash text line. The Morning Drive is back after this. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whenever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. Brad Parker and his wife Leah opened the Iron Cactus in Calhoun, Louisiana on July 12, 2010 and has made Iron Cactus into a one-of-a-kind restaurant and, in my opinion, the best Tex-Mex in the area. They now have a second location at 428 Desired Street in Monroe. Iron Cactus offers a family-friendly environment that's open for lunch and dinner and also has an array of platters for your catered events. Every time you visit Iron Cactus, You'll find a dedicated and grateful staff with a commitment to deliver the best Tex-Mex, along with the fresh ideas that will make you want to come back again and again. They pride themselves in using fresh food to meet your expectations of a delicious dining experience, and they look forward to serving you in a simple cantina setting. What's better than the Iron Cactus fajitas? Eating them with a margarita, obviously. They are so excited to announce they are now serving your favorite margaritas, wine, and ice-cold beer in downtown Monroe. 428 Desired Street, Monroe, and 1304 Highway 80 East in Calhoun. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Unfortunately, in life, bad things happen to us. If you are struggling with some sort of trauma and want some professional help, you should consider MEDR Trauma Therapy from Amber White at Firm Foundations Counseling in Monroe. Amber is one of the few therapists in our area trained in EMDR therapy, type of therapy which uses eye movement and other stimulation to assist clients in processing distressing memories and beliefs. Blue Cross, Vantage, and TRICARE insurance is accepted at Firm Foundations. If you're interested in learning more about EMDR trauma therapy, call Firm Foundations Counseling at 654-7010, 654-7010, or go online to myfirmfoundations.com for more information. Warhawk fans right now do not need that therapy, considering what took place last year on the Diamond with the 12 wins. As now ULM has stormed out to a 9-2 and two start, Jake. 9-2. and two. Love it. Chance to go 10-2 against what some would consider a rival. So I had an opportunity to go out to Warhawk Field uh, yesterday, and I was just curious because, I mean, they're coming off a sweep, one of their first sweeps since, uh, what was it, 2013 when they got the best of the Cajun. So it's been a while. 
and literally returning from uh, southern Illinois, about a nine, ten-hour bus trip. So I got to really get back to the field and just get it ready for this week. And, of course, uh, Wednesday, uh, Coach Federico is out there, obviously, in high spirits. He was anxious to see how his team would respond last week after losing a midweek game to Jackson State. I think they answered that question uh, pretty nicely on the road. So we talked about Louisiana Tech a little bit, and we'll share a little bit of that with you tomorrow as they get ready for the Bulldogs. But here's a little bit from Federico just on what that series swept meant for them and literally how they've done it so far this year starting 9-2. and two. Really proud of our guys. Um, we're overcoming some, some obstacles here and there and finding ways to win. Um, guys have been putting themselves in a situation to uh, – to win some series and uh, proud of them for finding ways to do that. When we talked before the season, you said there'd be some opportunities for you to get off to a great start. Developing that winning culture and that winning attitude. Have you noticed the difference with the guys, especially considering you've won a number of them in the ninth inning? Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, there hasn't been a whole lot of give up in them. There's been some times where we've been down in the games and, um, we, you know, like I said, we found ways to uh, kind of overcome those obstacles a little bit. They're really coming together in the locker room. They've been doing that all year. Uh, it's been a good group of seniors that have helped lead this thing and then you know all the transfers that we've brought in They're just kind of they don't know enough just yet And they're still trying to feel their way through it, but uh, the older guys are doing a great job of leading us Anything surprised you so far about the roster of the team? Um, you know because you know, I don't think there was a ton of expectations on on us completely um, You know, we're still trying to you know navigate a little bit of the, the bullpen and some things like that And then you know pitching is always one of those things that are concerned but overall, I think we've, we've handled a lot of those obstacles. You've had two bumps in the road, the loss against um, Jackson State midweek. Did the team learn from it? I hope so. You know, that's any, I think you learn more from a loss than you do from a win anyways. But uh, going on the road, it doesn't matter where you play. Um, you have to show up because the other teams out there really competing. And uh, Jackson State did a great job. And, um, you know, we didn't do a whole lot of things well that day, but hopefully we learned. And, you know, it showed up on Friday that we at least came back on Friday at Southern Illinois and, and, and found a way to win a road game. Was that the message as you went on to the road? Uh, a new start here and a new series for us? Absolutely. The, the biggest thing on the road for us this past weekend was just understanding how we can get you know, a way to win a weekend series, um, finding a way to get the, the closer in the game on a Friday night so that it can help you win on Sunday because winning series is, is very difficult, let alone sweeping somebody, which, uh, you know, that, that says a lot about the character of our club and, and what we fought through in, uh, in order to do that on the road. You had the series one on Saturday, so then what do you talk about the getting the sweep and how that kind of is the cherry on the icing on the cake? Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, when you have an opportunity to sweep, that doesn't happen very often in college baseball because, you know, everybody's, you know, so talented. Um, the biggest thing is understanding you can't just show up and think you're going to win on Sunday because that other team, no matter who you're playing, they're, they're out there trying to, you know, salvage a game and understanding that's what it's going to take in order to get to a conference championship at the end of the year um, is finding ways to, you know, to win those Sunday games because typically that's when championships are won. Hoping there's a big crowd out there Wednesday night for uh, Louisiana Tech and ULM. Hopefully. And I think the weather will be uh, fairly decent in what they've done so far early in this year. And I think even the most diehard Warhawk fans will admit it's not like they're playing the toughest schedule so far, but they still, still have got out to a 9-2 and two start. And, of course, uh, with that winning, you're starting to sense the confidence coming to this team. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm usually in favor of, of playing a tough schedule early. But in ULM's case, with the you know bringing in a new coach and what you've been through the past couple of years, yeah, getting off to a good start, getting off to a nine and two start, I think that's more important regardless of who you played. 
like you said, get that confidence up. Now you can carry that confidence over when you start playing much better teams. And Louisiana Tech is red hot right now. You're going to need that confidence to play against them. And if you haven't been out to Warhawk Field uh, this year, I think you'll like uh, the little things that they've done. Certainly uh, with the fence and the wall and what they've done, it really just it has that it pops. And of course, uh, in the in the, all the rain has certainly helped out the grass. It looked beautiful out there yesterday. Good. All right, on uh, basketball scenes, we continue this uh, ULM report. Uh, big news yesterday with uh, three players being uh, honored by the Sun Belt Conference for postseason honors. I think we have to start with probably the freshman, Michael Earl. We've been extremely impressed with him and what he's done. Former Indiana star, somehow ULM gets him to come down here. And, boy, he made that trans, uh, transition and that crossover from the high school to the college game look relatively easy this year. Yeah, Sun Belt freshman of the year and scored 11.5 points per game. He actually started 24 of the 29 games this year. So, fantastic season. He made that transition with ease. I had an opportunity to visit with the Indianapolis, Indiana native uh, yesterday just on being ULM's first ever freshman of the year in the Sun Belt Conference. Yeah, I was excited. Um, you know, I've been working really hard, and that was kind of my goal coming in. And uh, to be able to achieve that, yeah, I was, I was excited. Coming from Indiana High School basketball, you knew it was going to be a transition to Division One basketball. Mm -hmm. What's it been like for you? Um, it's definitely been the, the game's a lot faster. Obviously, at the, the Division One level, um, you got to make decisions quicker. Guys are a lot stronger. Um, you know, you just got to kind of just take your game up a notch. You know, I, I was lucky to, to be able to play high school basketball in Indiana. And um, it gave me a lot of good experience, especially with, like, crowd noise and, um, you know, people people talking to you in the stands. And um, so that, that really doesn't bother me as much because I've been used to that growing up. But um, definitely the, the play is a lot faster. Guys are longer and, you know, all, all, all the stuff you hear about. People are always curious, how did you get out of the Midwest and get down here? Yeah, uh, ULM, um, so ULM saw me, and um, a, a lot of other schools were kind of were kind of flirting with me, but they hadn't really committed yet, and they were the first to really, like, really commit, and they, they really trusted me, and um, I always, I thought highly of that, so, um, yeah, I came down here, I liked it, and I decided to commit. Do you still carry a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, considering some of those schools didn't pull the trigger? Yeah, definitely, because um, this was really one of the only offers I had at the time. Um, um, I had no in-state offers, no Midwest offers. My only offer, only offer at the time was Army, and um, so this is the only school that offered me. And yeah, definitely, definitely, every single day it does. That, that's what drives me. And a lot of people are kicking themselves now. Uh, how did you not hit the wall? Most freshmen do hit the wall at some point during the season, but it seemed like you continue to progress and get better. Yeah, um, I felt like I kind of went through a rough stretch, a little um, kind of in the second half of the uh, non-conference schedule. And, um, you know, I had some weaknesses that I thought that I really needed to work on, so I just refocused, and just every single day I just decided to, to work on those, and then um, I just continued to get better. I just thought... I didn't hit the wall, I think, because I just continued to, to work on my game and stuff. I talked to Nick Capola a couple of weeks ago, and he said, you're going to break every one of his records. How cool is that to kind of follow in his sneakers, a guy that started for four straight years? Yeah, um, you know, I have a lot of respect for Nick because, uh, you know, I watched him last year, and uh, he hosted me on my visit, showed me a good time. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's a great guy and obviously a great player. And, uh, you know, 
you know, if I was able to do that, then that would be great. But, you know, I'm just focused on, on Wednesday. You know, Jake, we thought they hit the jackpot when they got Nick Poland. He was able to start for four years as a point guard for him, And now to follow that up with uh, Michael Ertl, and it, it appears he's destined to be that guy for them once again. Doesn't happen often. Yeah, and it's like you said. I mean, you, you expect him to hit a, a wall at some yeah. point. I mean, even you saw with uh, LSU's Tremont Waters how special he is. He hit a wall yeah. at a point this season and had to you know recover. Michael Ertl was consistent this yeah. year, and that's that's big time, man, for him to, to be only a freshman and, and to you know have have somebody to build around like Michael Ertl. It's really big for this team. And then of course uh, he had, provides a little bit more firepower than Capola did early on in his career. The guy that really provided a lot of firepower for the Warhawks this season, and they're going to need a lot more of it with Sunbelt Conference play uh, tipping off uh, tomorrow, is Travis Munnings. We've seen him, of course, this is his third year at ULM, was a big part of the program the last two years. This year, his uh, game has really evolved offensively. Uh, the Bahamas native, we had an opportunity also to talk yesterday about being a second-team all-conference selection. It means a lot, you know, um, you know that – I got I got to continue to get better. Try to get the first team, you know, like try not to settle. But like, it's, it's a big honor, you know, move from um, all third team to second team. That's a big honor for me and my teammates. Your game has really evolved this year. Uh, the outside game, especially, how hard did you work on that part of your game? A lot, you know. Like every day, I came in the gym and I put up at least a thousand shots. You know, try to shoot game game shots. You know, to help me like have a better rhythm in the game. You look at this team, and of course, you surprised a lot of people this year. How much fun has it been as you guys kind of have evolved as this season has gone on? It's been fun, you know. Like we really enjoy the games and, and going out there and competing, and like being the underdogs and knowing that we got nothing to lose, and just try to come out here and get a win each and every night. You look at the tournament now. You guys enter. Uh, what do you think your team's chances? Uh, I mean, I, 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 uh, we got a good chance. You know, I believe in my team that we're gonna come out there and like play hard and like just like let our hard work and our effort. Um, dictates what happened out there. From a guy that's played in a number of these things, uh, what advice do you give your teammates? Um, do do what you do best. You know, um, stay true to, uh, to our team and our scouting parts, and uh, continue to believe and like continue to go out there and like play with confidence. You know, don't think because like we're not home or playing at other gym that we got to play a different way. Just um, to stay focused and uh, always be locked in, and let's go out there and get, most of all have fun at the same time. Freeport, Bahamas native, uh, this year averaged uh, 16 points per game, uh, seven rebounds per contest, minutes played. He logged a lot of them, uh, 34 minutes per game, which ranked him uh, third in the conference. Sam McDaniel of, uh, from Australia originally, he was a third-team selection for the Warhawks. They're getting him from all over, the Bahamas, <laughs> Australia, Indiana. Yeah. Um, one of the coolest moments of, of the season, I thought, was – when Munnings and McDaniel won Player of the Week back-to-back yeah. in consecutive weeks, and that was when ULM was on an absolute tear. Uh, that was a really fun time because the weeks prior to that, wasn't a whole lot of positive news coming out. So those two guys, I think, are, are most certainly deserve uh, of, of getting on the sun, awesome belt. Uh, ULM versus uh, Arkansas State, of course, tomorrow at 7.30. Keith Richard will join us for his weekly visit tomorrow at 8 o'clock. But here's just a short clip from uh, Keith just on the postseason honors for his guys. Oh, just, you know, Travis, uh, really a workhorse of a player. Uh, you're happy to see good things happen to him. Uh, 
with an all-conference selection because uh, his game's really improved over the three years he's been here. You know, he came here on a really good team and got to play as a freshman, uh, but needed some developing. And so, uh, you know, we try to take a lot of pride in that, to be honest with you, of developing players around here. And, and uh, to see Travis, uh, you know, jump into one of the top ten players in the league type uh, honor is uh, – uh, really nice and, and uh, makes us kind of proud, to be honest with you, because we know how hard he's worked. You talk a lot about team, but these other individual honors has to be nice because other people in the conference took notice of Michael Irvin and Sam McDaniel. Yes, uh, we've talked about Sam McDaniel before and and the work that he put in over the summer. And, uh, you know, we, we think that his conference season has been a uh, reflection of the work that he did last summer. It starts with guys like Travis Munnings and, and before them, Nick Capola and Majuk Dang and Tyler Angwa. And those guys put a lot of work in, and that's part of developing. Is, you know, we do our part as the coaches, but they got to get in the gym uh, besides that, and those guys have. And then, and then you mentioned Michael Ertle to come in as a freshman. It's the first time we've had a Freshman of the Year award in the Sun Belt Conference since we've been in the league. And, and uh, he's another gym rat. And, uh, you know, uh, it's not coincidence that uh, those guys putting the work in, uh, in in the off season and extra hours in and good things happening to them and them improving. Mike Erdl is an example of improving during the year. He got better as the year went along. So uh, nice honor for all three of them, and uh, we're real happy about it. Well done by uh, all of them, and, of course, uh, hopefully their season will continue throughout this week as uh, they'll have that matchup against Arkansas State. Already with uh, two losses to him. What's the old cliche, Jake? It's hard to beat a team twice. It's hard to beat a team three times. Yeah. I butchered that. I'm sorry. <laughs> who, who was it that played somebody three times? And we we talked. We got away. We talked about it all week. It was. I think. It, well, last year it was Washita West Monroe. It's hard to beat somebody five times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't. I can't remember it. But it was. We said it so much that it was. I mean, it, it was it was really sickening to yeah. keep hearing it over and over. Yeah. Uh, Tabor with a good point here with uh, Money's being from the Bahamas. Uh, how did cool Money's never catch on? <laughs> oh man, no brainer. Come on, yeah. come on, marketing team. <laughs> cool Money's is now his nickname. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. They're hoping they can make a deep run this year. And you look at the bracket. More with Keith Richard coming up tomorrow. But the fact that you got the Cajuns on the other side, Texas Arlington on the other side, those are the two teams I would not want to meet up against in the Sun Belt Conference. Just saying. 888-993-7762. Coming up next, I got an early nominee for the Idiot of the Week. Oh. Can we do nominees throughout the week and then have a winner on Friday? Sure. Why not? All right. I got a nominee. Plenty of idiots to go around. This guy is an idiot. (laughs) That story coming up after the break. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whenever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. Football's over. Some teams just couldn't get it together. Now they're trying to figure out what went wrong. 
Too bad they couldn't use AutoZone's Fix Finder tool. When your check engine light comes on, the Fix Finder tool helps you troubleshoot the problem for free. So you can fix it right the first time. You can even get a list of repair shops if you need it. And it's one more way that AutoZone helps your tax refund go further. So stop in today and get in the zone. AutoZone. Hooters smoked wings are marinated overnight. Then hickory smoked low and slow. With only half the calories, so you can eat twice as many. In fact, our smoked wings are so good, you might just come to Hooters for the food. Wait, what? That can't be right. That's just crazy talk. Come in for all the games and get a scratch and wing card when you try our new smoked wings. Every card's a winner. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Hooters. Let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston. Millennial, you're supposed to be the one that has the great memory. No, I never claim that. How soon do we forget? Saints and Panthers. Saints beat the Panthers three times. I knew, I was like, something recently where we just constantly, (laughs) all week, we're talking about, man, it's hard to beat somebody twice. You know how hard it's going to be to beat somebody three times? And how do we forget Sean Payton coming in there with the broom? Yes. Thank you, Richie. Thank you, Richie. My God. He's got a good memory. He does. I don't. I'll be the first to admit. I, I think I took too many shots to the head or something. I, I have a horrible memory. It's bad. Or perhaps just too many shots. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> <laughs> Together, we are no good. <laughs> all right. Uh, are you ready for an Idiot of the Week nominee? I'm always ready. I know you were all into the Oscars. No. Didn't uh, watch the, the ratings are down. Uh, they're out, and they are down. <laughs> Actually. Out and out. It was, it was, the ratings were less than the college football playoff. Really? Did you know that? Yeah. More people well, watch college be. football. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's the first time that's happened. Really? Yes. Look at you coming with some knowledge. Well, you know, I see a thing or two on Twitter. Uh, down 20%, a record low, uh, 26.5 million people watched it. But this is the story that I wanted to talk about. The Idiot of the Week nominee. Maybe he can win this week in our prized. Uh, is it prized? Uh, probably not. Okay. okay. So his name is Terry Bryant. Uh, I'm just going to call him Terry Bryant. So he posted a public video to Facebook on Sunday night of himself holding the Oscar statue with the caption, My Oscar, baby. Oh, congrats. He holds it up, says to the camera, My team got this tonight. This is mine. He then kissed the statue, let out a big whoop, and he announced that he was going to the governor's ball. I guess this governor's ball is where all the winners can go, and then they get a, their uh, trophies. They get to get their names put on, put in. So he says on Facebook, who wants to tell me congratulations, he asked the crowd. Nobody really hooting and hollered. Uh, so somebody looked at him and said, what did he actually win? And what was that for? What category was that? And he said it was for something involving uh, music. Okay. Well, it wasn't his. Oh, boy. Yeah. So authorities immediately, somebody tipped him off. And thankfully, the Emmy or the Oscar was returned to the, the proper Emmy. Yeah. No, see, I can't get that. They're one. all the same. Yes. Um, Frances McDermott was the one. She... Uh, reached down maybe to pick up a, a cheeseburger or something or some macaroni and cheese at the buffet line at the celebration, and he allegedly then heisted it. And then 
posted it on Facebook. Yes. Because he and he is, thought he could get away with it. Because he is up for idiot. Who wants to party with me <laughs> and Oscar? That's pretty bad, though. That's very bad. He's uh, getting his 15 minutes of fame. Yeah, he is. We're talking about him. Yeah. Uh, by the way. so Faces a charge of grand theft. Well, that's good. Uh, which in California is a wobbler, quote, wobbler, which means the crime can be prosecuted either as a misdemeanor or a felony. All right. It's up to the district attorney's office. Idiot of the Week nominee. Post on Facebook immediately. All right. So some actual numbers to back up that statement uh, I said. So the college, more people watched this year's college football championship game, 28.4 million, than the Oscars at 26.5 million. That's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. You're right. Yeah. yeah, so much for boycotting the All-SEC championship game. Yeah, good deal. Uh, a couple odds and ends we didn't get to in the 7 o'clock hour, Jake. Yeah, you asked me about um, things that stood out to me in baseball, and I failed to mention West Washita. West Washita is a team that I think is going to be hard to beat this year. And the reason for that is their pitching staff. You know, Looking at District 2-4A, I've talked about it before on there, how, how good it's going to be with Franklin Parrish's rise, and they're only getting better. And then what Neville returns from that championship team, which is, I mean, a lot of pieces from that championship. They return every pitcher from that squad, which is just nasty. Um, but Wes Washita, I mean, we know what they've done throughout the years, but you look at their pitching staff, and Luke Honeycutt, a familiar name, I mean, he's been doing it for four years. This is his fourth year to be a – on the mound, you know, pitching for that team. And then you had a kid like Thomas Wilhite, who is committed to LSU um, and has gone from, you know, being just a really strong guy, really, really guy with a lot of velocity to a player that understands how to pitch now. Uh, in the past, he, he used to be a little bit disappointed if he didn't strike out all three batters. Now he's pitching for ground outs. And so I think he's really matured as a pitcher. That's a strong one-two punch. And then Peyton Parker has really come on strong earlier this year and has given them some long outings. So you got three guys there who have not only been really good on the diamond, but they've been giving you long outings, which is something that West Washington has struggled with in the past. So I, I think that stands out to me early, you know, looking at that and looking at their pitching staff and going, man, they're going to be tough to beat in a series this year. But, again, they're playing in what I consider to be one of the hardest districts in the state with – you know, Franklin Parish and Neville. And then also uh, they got a big road test coming up, right? A number of games. Yeah, they're playing, uh, you know, they're, they're playing, well, it's, I thought it was a tournament, but they're actually going to all these different places with uh, Airline on the schedule, uh, Houghton, uh, and, and several others. I can't really remember the others, but they're playing. Captain Tree. Captain Tree, yeah, yeah. Bird, they, maybe. Yeah, Bird, that's it. They're, they're making the rounds, uh, so. Yeah, I mean that's what that's what's cool about this year too is, you know, so many of these these baseball teams we saw so much, you know, success last year. A lot of these baseball teams are playing the cream of the crop this year. Like West Monroe is playing Zachary, and then the following week West Washtenaw is going to go play Zachary. And so I mean Zachary's still undefeated. I mean Zachary's one of those teams that people are eyeing, like saying, yeah, this is probably going to be their year. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of good baseball going around, and uh, I'm, I'm, I can't wait for district play to kind of see when everybody's figured out their lineups and figured out their pitching staffs. Now, I'm looking at the story here on the Washita Citizen, also on your Twitter page. Uh, you did not take this picture, did you? The West Washita kid reaching over the wall? To, no, I did not. Ah, I was going to say, that's a good picture there, man. 
Yeah, that was actually uh, his mother took that. Oh, wow, she, nice. She let me post it, yeah. So when parents send something in, it's actually well, worthwhile. It, it yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, nicely done. That's sweet. Yeah, it is. I was about to give Jake some credit no, for no, don't ever getting give a good me. snapshot here. No, we, we were actually at the, the Carroll Wasman game together, <laughs> and uh, I was taking pictures throughout the game, the, the, the quarterfinal game last week. Jake got one good I got one. one good picture, and I had to brag about it. I said, there it is, Aaron. So then he puts the camera down for the rest of the game. <laughs> I got my one. I got my one. I hope you didn't accidentally delete it. And then no, <laughs> no, no. Of course not. 7 o'clock hour in the books. You can weigh in 888-993-7762. Gus Cattengill joins us from the Big Easy after the break. We'll discuss the Saints. And once again, the question. For crying out loud, what's taking the Saints so long? And Drew Brees, why can't they get this deal hammered out? Please give us answers. <laughs> the Morning Drive, back after this. Thanks for listening to the best of the Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.